Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. All right, guys. Well, welcome back to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this show. And today, I want to talk with you about why biblical application matters to the Christian life. And it's something that I know we've talked about here on this show, but it's something that I think is important to revisit every now and again. And I want to be that this episode will be very practical, hands-on, uh, if you want to know how to use and take biblical application or you struggle with it, I, I think you're going to find this episode to be very helpful. Well, here's what biblical application is. Biblical application is concerned with the idea of taking the word that we read and study personally and or hear corporately on the Lord's Day and apply it to our hearts and lives by putting it into practice in all of life. Now, that is a very, uh, I'm trying to be very succinct in that definition, um, and the reason is, is uh, A, I want it to be practical. Every, all of us should be reading and studying the Bible. We should be reading it, whether we're, we're listening to the Word uh, as we're getting ready or we're driving to and fro we, uh, to work or to the grocery store, or on and on, and, and we should be studying the Word of God. We should be diving into texts of Scripture that we're, we're reading, and we're going to grow in more. Studying helps us to grow more in our knowledge of the Word of God, and, and that's what we're doing on the Lord's Day. We're, we're sitting under, Lord willing, you should be in a church that preaches verse-by-verse sermons, on the Lord's Day, where you're hearing text after text after text uh, from book after book after book being um, exposited, explained, interpreted to you, and then and then applying it, applying it to your heart, to your life, and putting it into practice in all of life. So that's a brief explanation of, of what I mean by uh, that definition. I want to get to the why a biblical application and why it matters to the Christian life. So let's start where first you're uh, at church on the Lord's Day. You're listening to the sermon. You should, well, if you're a note taker, take notes. Uh, Most churches provide an outline. Do that outline. Write down some thoughts. Uh, If you're like me, listen actively. Well, whether you are taking notes or not, listen actively. Uh, take maybe mental notes. Maybe what notice things that stand out to you. Uh, was there a particular comment? Was there a particular explanation of a of a passage that you found really helpful? Be listening for those things, and and those are those are really important things. Or maybe there there's a point that you know really stood out from the the your pastor or the preacher preaching uh, that you had never considered before. Uh, make note of that. Make note of that. Those are things that. Uh, you know, are are important things to go back and 
and to study and to think about and to really meditate on um, as you process the sermon. And, and taking time to process the sermon is is really, really important. Don't just take in the worship uh, uncritically. Uh, and by uncritically, I, I'm not suggesting that you be nitpicky either. I'm I'm saying that in and we are to be like the Bereans. They searched the scriptures to see if these things were so. How are you going to be a Berean if you don't search, if you don't uh, critically test things with the Word of God and see if it stands up to the test of whether it's biblical or not? Uh, that's the first thing that you're supposed to do, should do, as you listen to a sermon. Is this sermon grounded in the text of Scripture? Does it explain the context of Scripture? Does it explain the passage of Scripture? Uh, does it point you to Christ? Does it help you uh, in your everyday life? Uh, does it provide practical, any sort of practical application uh, or, or discussion about how this text then, after the explanation, after the context, after pointing you to Christ, how, does it does it point you, does it help you in your daily life? Or does it just leave you hanging? Uh, these, are, these are important things. Uh, a, ser- a good sermon should explain the context of the passage. It should explain the passage responsibly, meaning that it, it should work through the text, whatever text that is, and however long that text is that's been selected, it should work through it. It should explain uh, the key ideas and thoughts and help you to have a better understanding, including the background. If there's any co- sort of cultural background or anything like that in the text, it should help you. And it should responsibly, then after you've explained the... after. The, the pastor or the preacher has explained the text, should responsibly point you to Christ and then help you to under, make the connection between the culture of that day and our culture today and how that relates to your life. Th- those are things to look for in a, in a good sermon. And you should be actively listening, especially if there's cultural background. Those are, those are the kind of things that are worth their weight in gold. You, 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 that'll help you to understand more of the text, or or maybe there's a fascinating, uh, you know, church history story that you find really helpful, or uh, a personal example, or on and on, a practical application from the text. Uh, be noticing those things because this is where we're going to go. Uh, uh, where we've you've uh, finished up the the worship service, and you're headed with your spouse, if you have kids, with your kids home. Now talk with your if you have kids, talk with your kids. What do they think of the sermon, or what do they get? What 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 stood out in in their uh, Sunday school lesson, and so on and so forth. Uh, talk with your spouse about the sermon. Uh, don't just sit there and and take in the sermon and don't don't share thoughts. Uh, you know, you might disagree with the explanation, and so on and so forth. But do that. You need to do that with other people, because uh, you know what? <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes there'll be times when I've misunderstood what the pastor or the preacher is saying. My wife's like, you know what? I don't think you're right on that. I don't think that's what he was saying. And then I have to think about that and go look at the passage and maybe even go listen to the sermon again later in the week uh, when it's up and and consider again what was said. Um, These kind of things show humility. Application is concerned with humility. It's concerned with taking the word that we're, we're reading and studying personally and that we're hearing on the Lord's Day and taking it and applying it to our lives. That That is an act of humility. That's an act of being 
humble and teachable. Another another thing that is really helpful, uh, small groups, I'm a big advocate of sermon review because it's another chance to take the sermon and to talk about it in a group of, of, of people, probably, hopefully your own age. And I, and I think that that is really, really important um, because, you know, good questions that, that were, that, that the lead small group leader has to help guide the conversation, even what did you get out of the sermon, what points stood out, so on and so forth. These kind of co- questions, they invite discussion. You can do those questions, by the way, with your spouse, man. You should. You should ask your spouse, what did you get out of the sermon? What points stood out to you? And, and then you share as well. This is part of uh, leading in your home, uh, if you ever want to lead in the church, it starts here. It starts with leading her and helping her. You know, there'll be there'll be times when your wife is going to disagree with your conclusions, and you're going to have to lovingly talk it out. How are you going to do that? How are you going to do that if you never bring up the subject, even of the sermon that you both listen to? Uh, this is part of your responsibility as a man to lovingly lead your lead your wife in a godly manner. Shepherd your wife. Shepherd your children if you have them. Talk with them. Talk with your 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 nephews and nieces about the word of God. Uh, that's why uh, I I get books, and so uh, I often request children's books, and I give. Uh, my my nephew, my niece, good uh, children's books that are rooted in the Bible and good theology so that they can read them and they love them. They devour them, in fact, and they ask really, really good questions. Well, let's say there's a, there's a point in the sermon that you're really struggling with. Maybe you felt conviction and you realize, you know what, I really need some help with this particular area. Here's what I want to say. If you're struggling with an issue that the sermon raised and you're a guy, talk with a trusted brother. Maybe talk with your pastor or the pastor that preached it, the sermon. Talk with them. Open up and share. Hey, you know what? I'm really struggling personally with the issue that you raised, whether you know I'm struggling with fear or doubt or sexual sin or on and on. I'm struggling with an issue at work, and you kind of address that in your sermon. I, I'd like to talk with through that with you. And if you're a lady, find a trustworthy uh, lady, maybe the pastor's wife or one of the the deacon's wives or the elder's wives. Uh, Talk with them about that. Uh, Ask questions. You know, there's there's nothing that's better. You know, I do pulpit supply, and I love it when people come up. Hey, you said you said this, but you know, uh, you actually kind of made a mistake. And you know what? (laughs) I make mistakes. Uh, I do. I make mistakes when and and sometimes when I'm talking and on this podcast and so on and so forth. Sometimes I catch those and sometimes I don't. I, I make them when I when I do pulpit supply. I've had people come up to me. You know, um, you said this and I think you meant this. And I'm like, you are so right. I I made a mistake there. I erred. And and if that's you, just own it. You know, don't make an excuse. You know, actually, I don't think you quite heard me right. Um, you know, we I was in a discussion and uh, with in a group, and uh, there was a leader, and I, I I I said everything correctly, but I said one sentence, I said one word wrong, 
And that word was pretty critical to the heart of what I was saying. And the, the leader of the group corrected me and said, ah, I think you meant this, right? And I said afterwards, I was like, did I really, I went up to him, I was like, did I really say that in that way? He's like, yes, Dave, you did. <laughs> He's like, and then we laughed and I'm like, man, I'm like, but you know that I, that I meant this. He's like, no, I, I knew that. And sometimes you're going to know, you're going to know that the other person knows, um, uh, and it doesn't hurt just to clarify, like I just mentioned, I did to make sure. Hey, did I really did I really say it that way? And sure enough, I did. And um, it's okay to go and to ask for clarity and and to even talk about it, even even to let that person know that you know you you made a mistake and you own up to it and you're humble and you're teachable. These kind of things actually show humility and teachability, because. Uh, even if you are an experienced Bible teacher and so on and so forth, and uh, like I am, uh, you can make mistakes. Uh, mistakes happen, uh, and uh, you just have to own up to them and be humble and teachable. But the, the big thing here is to ask the question. If something doesn't make sense in a sermon or you're hearing something from a small group leader or you're, or you're in a small group and afterwards go up to that person and be like hey i wasn't sure what you meant by what you said can can you clarify that for me um i'm i'm really i'm really interested in hearing more of what you have to say uh it's always better to go one on one um as much as possible it, it in a in a group setting it's hard because you know you might want to say hey you know i i don't think that's quite right um I, I have found personally that it's better to go privately and one-on-one -on -one with somebody if I have a question, because sometimes I do misunderstand things. I get things wrong, or I mishear them, or or I misunderstand. And, and so going in it with an attitude of humility and teachability in that situation as well is, is really good. But but maybe you just have a question. You're like, hey, you know, I'm not I'm not really sure to the if you go to your pastor or those who preach or the the pastors preaching hey you know i i'm i'm really kind of lost on this um i'm really struggling to understand this sermon or i have a question about another topic um can you help me you know this this is another way to show humility and and teachability well you you're you're home now um on sunday one thing i think is really helpful to do and this is also throughout the week Reread that passage that you heard preached. Uh, meditate on it. Uh, take a few days just to read that passage and really meditate on it. Take it home. Of course, as you're hearing the sermon, if there is anything that the Holy Spirit brings to light, repent of that. If as you're reading and studying Scripture, if there's any sin being raised in your life by the biblical text— Please repent of that sin. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And this is 1 John 2, 1 through 2, because we have, because Jesus is our advocate before the Father. Throughout Scripture, we're told to put into practice the Word of God, not just as James says in James 1, to be hearers of the Word, but doers of the Word. In Philippians 4, even, uh, I believe it's verse 9, Paul tells, commands, actually, the Philippians and Christians today to put into practice the things that he has 
talked about those commands, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer, with supplication, make your requests known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And on and on, and, and contentment and all these things. He says then, put it into practice. How are you doing at practicing those things? How are you doing it at reading and studying and taking the word that you hear uh, on the Lord's Day and that you that you're reading and studying yourself and putting it into practice. How are you doing at that? Um, it's it's easy to you know talk about theology and and uh, with others, with your spouse, and so on and so forth. But the truth is, it comes down to how are you doing personally. Uh, the first concern is not about the other person. Your first concern should be how are you doing in these things yourself. And this is so important because we can so easily say, you know what? Oh, that other person doesn't have it figured out. That other person isn't doing it. But but we have to ask ourselves. It's easy, as John Flavel said, to, to cry a thousand sins in somebody else and not one of our own. Uh, it's easy to, to look at the log in our brother's eye, as Jesus would say, and, and does in Matthew 7, and, but not, not look at the log in our own eye. And we got to deal with the log in our own eye. We got to take that log out by examining ourselves in light of the word of God and then repenting of our sin and confessing our great need of ongoing need of God's grace. And, you know, I think it's worth mentioning here if you're not willing to do that, you're disobeying the Bible. You're, you're disobeying the Bible. If you're engaging in, in sexual sin or an ongoing habitual pattern of, of sin, you are disobeying the Lord. And Hebrews 12 is very clear about this, that God disciplines those whom he loves. Now, we're not talking about your security as a Christian being impacted here. Uh, Romans 8, 31 through 39 is very clear that our security is rooted in and it is firmly grounded in the work of in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. But your fellowship with God can be disrupted by your sin. And that's that's what the author of Hebrews is saying, that God disciplines those whom he loves. Because our fellowship with him is broken, it's hindered by our sin. It's disrupted by our sin. And that's why we need to, that's why 1 John 1, 9 tells us that if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. God is not honored by our disobedience. He is honored by our obedience. We are to repent and we're to conform to what the Word of God says because the Word of God is the means that the, the Holy Spirit uses to convict us and to conform us into the image of Christ, both personally and corporately. And so, so one of the reasons I wanted to do this episode is because Biblical application is concerned with how are you really doing in your Christian life? Okay, you say that you're reading, you're studying the Bible, you're sitting under the the preached Word of God. Great. Okay, fantastic. Love it. How much of God's Word can you now access? How much of it? How much of it can you use to yourself to to take? in the midst of your own trials, in the midst of your own difficulties, in the midst of your own situations, in the midst of parenting if you have kids, in the midst of marriage if you're married, 
How much of it can you take and utilize in your own ministry in your home? Forget about in the church, but how much of it can you take and utilize in your own, in the midst of your own temptation, trials, struggles, uh, hardship, etc., and so on and so forth? This is where biblical application gets really personal and it gets really, really convicting really fast. And this is why we need to understand what biblical knowledge is. Biblical knowledge is not just filling our heads and filling our minds with a bunch of stories and the knowledge of, of good, sound, biblical doctrine and theology that comes from Scripture, okay? It's not. We should know those things. Don't hear me say otherwise. We are, our hearts, the, the heart is the seed of knowledge in the Bible, and so we need to fill our hearts with the knowledge of the Word of God. We need to. It's a good first step. But then we need to take the Word of God that, that we're reading, that we're studying, that, that we're hearing preached on the Lord's Day and in, in small groups, in Sunday school classes, and on podcasts, and so on. And we need to apply it to our lives or to put it into practice where James tells us to not be hearers only, but doers of the Word. Paul told, told the Philippians to put into practice these things. These are not options. These are matters of obedience. And biblical application is a matter of obedience. We don't often, I think, talk about application in this way, but biblical application is a matter of obedience to God. And let me be clear. Your obedience to God, you're not obedient to get saved, so don't hear me say that. But the fruits of you being obedient, it reveals whether you are saved. See, we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, and in a heart that has been transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of the Lord Jesus, that's going to be an obedient heart. That's going to be a heart that desires what the Lord loves, and the Lord loves His Word. He loves His people. So I have to ask, do you desire more of the Lord? Do you desire more to be obedient because of who you, who you are and who you belong to in Christ? And do you know, as a child of God, you are His and He is yours. You belong to the Lord. You are owned by the Lord. You belong to Him. And so application is, a, is absolutely a matter of obedience in our lives. The word that you read and that you study, that you meditate on, that you memorize, you're to take it and apply it to your life. Now, you might wonder, why haven't I gotten so specific on this episode about application? Well, the reason is, is one of my concerns is I can give you specific ways to apply it to your life, or, or I can teach you generally how to do it. And then what you're going to do, what I want you to do, is to take that and, and to think about it and apply it to the specific situations of your life. And I think what I've, what I've learned in ministry, especially in ministry it, it, out of, coming out of seminary, is when you get specific with people, that's when they start to struggle. Well, you know what? That worked for you, Dave, but it didn't work for me, and so it doesn't work. And then we get people really discouraged, really confused, and they really struggle with a lot with assurance. And instead, whenever I've given general principles to people that I've counseled or helped or taught or so on and so forth, and I've said, hey, here's the general principles, 
Now take those general principles and apply it to the specific trials and situations and struggles and so on and so forth to your life. Um, they don't ever come back to me. And I find that to be interesting. Not, not, and they know that they can. But, but what I see is that they're growing and they're taking that, those general principles and applying to their life. And that's what we need. I, I call this, a, a, this approach that I'm talking about, the, the problem of it, a cookie cutter approach. Because, and we've talked about it on this show, because when we, we, we have to help people to understand the what, the what, the why, I mean. They, we need to help people understand the why. Because then, then they're going to understand the how. In this episode, I'm doing the same thing. You might wonder, well, you didn't really tell me how. I gave you a whole bunch of how. Listening to sermons, note-taking, active listening, talk with, your, talk with your spouse, talk with your pastor, talk with your small group, talk, 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 ask questions, so on and so forth. I gave you a whole bunch of, of how. But, but beyond the how, I want you to understand the why. And the why is to help you to grow to be like Christ so that you can be an effective instrument, uh, an effective instrument, a growing instrument, a useful instrument to your Lord. Not just to say, hey, look, here's this person. I want to help them. How are you being helped by the truth that you're going to help them with? See, we need to, we need to, in order to be effective instruments of God's word ourselves, we need to take the truth that we want to take to others and we need to take it home into our life. That's how we're going to be effective ministers of, of God's grace to people. We ourselves grow, we ourselves repent, we ourselves then have something to say uh, that can be helpful and useful in a biblical, theological, and very practical way to help others, whether that's in an article, a podcast, a sermon, one-on-one -on -one discipleship, on and on, and so on and so on. Well, guys, I want to thank you for listening or watching this episode of the Equipping You in Grace podcast. It's, it's a joy, it's a privilege that so many of you turn into this show, tune in to this show. And I want to thank you for listening or watching. And until next week, may God bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace, on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.